Welcome to another episode of The Script is Better with John and... Becca, hello. Hello. This week, we have read Legend, but not the modern legend, which was with Tom Brady, which we were trying to read only because we couldn't find a good script for the original legend with Tom Cruise, but then the, the new Tom Brady legend script wasn't a good script and so we ended up finding a good script for the original legend and so we're reading the original legend and by tom brady you mean tom hardy i did mean tom hardy i don't know uh, oh tom brady's a football player he is <laughs> fair enough okay maybe he was in that movie too Possibly. and and tom brady is a legend so it works. i know i said what i meant <laughs> <laughs> back Let's get right into it. How did you like Legend Beck? Was it Legend Dairy? <laughs> I should have said wait for it. <laughs> you should have said wait for it. Well, don't wait for it. It was legendary. I loved it. I really enjoyed the script. I thought the read was great. It had laughs. The story had intrigue. There was love story, compelling characters. The stakes were great. I just. <laughs> I had so much fun, and I felt that the narrative was written so beautifully that you could see the voice of the writer in it. And yeah, I just thought that if the script was given to me today, I'd be like, "Ooh, film it now! Please, can I be a part of this process?" <laughs> what What do you think made it the such a great read? Like, what do you think made it such an easy read? I think the language of the characters was all distinct, so, the, mm. so that made it fun. And it immersed me in the world. And then, yeah, I was saying that I really enjoyed the narrative. I just think that the writer's voice drew me in and that their language choice. Um, some words that I didn't even know, but I could still glean from the sentence. It, it kept me in the world and I could really see it. Like my mind was just picturing the whole movie. I'm, I'm very excited. How did you like Fantastic. it? Or yeah, not like no. it? Oh, Beck, you can't read that script and say that you didn't like it, right? Like, I, I read the same script that you read. It was fantastic. It was a fantasy, and so, of course, it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> I, <laughs> I I grew up reading fantasy. I probably mentioned that when we read Willow as well. And just this script, this script was better than Willow, hands down, I'd say. And you could tell that this guy had written novels because the, the, the description was beautiful prose that really, like you said, brought the world to life. You really could see, you could visualize everything that he wrote down. And it was so good. And the characters were great. It was, you know, I thought that I would at least enjoy reading this script, but this was like a highlight. It was so good. I was so happy with this one. Yeah. Okay. Do you think that, that the script hit all the basic plot points or do you think that there was anything missing that uh, they could have added or done more of. I I think it was like so spot on that they should use the script to teach like screenwriting. And I'm surprised that they haven't like, it's so the hero's journey and they always use star Wars. And I mean like every movie in a way is the hero's journey, but this one, they should use this one. My opinion. I just, I really (laughs) loved it. And I thought, and I thought that the antagonist had as much of a journey as mm-hmm. the protagonist, which I, I really enjoyed. And he didn't die in the end either, eh? He just kind of like, he yeah. escaped into the darkness. He was the darkness, but yeah. I mean, I like that. I like that because you can't really have the good without the bad. So yes, he mm-hmm. can be like defeated for now, but yeah. 
there are some there's some little things that I looked into afterwards, and so I'm I'm not going to bring it up now because I think it's more of a a filming plot point Ooh. that uh, I'll bring up next time. Okay. But it's it's interesting. It's particular particularly to do with the ending. Uh, I haven't actually watched it yet, but there are some things that they did. Cool. So I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. Oh, while we're while we're talking about this, we should mention that the author's name. I'm going to get the last name wrong. Uh, it, it's European of some sort. It's William. I'm going to say Georgeberg. I think I think that's right. Yeah. The H is probably silent, right? If you're going to look if at you. those two, <laughs> those two letters, H and then J beside each other, I'm going to give the H the silent treatment. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think his writing had just so many adjectives he threw at you, right? So many adjectives, yeah. very descriptive. <laughs> but never never to the point where you needed to skim anything. So no. I know that you personally would never skim anything, but like <laughs> me. How dare I, you even imply? If, if it's too wordy, I'm like, okay, this is where I would take like my red pen and just cross out tons of shit. But this, every word was great. I completely agree. Yeah, he's written eight fiction novels and four scripts. Okay. What are yeah. the other scripts? Do you know? Are I they like the ones other... that we would know? No, not that I could see. Nothing too famous. Okay. There, there were moments that I really enjoyed. There was like you had the opening scene. Uh, I just with all the darkness, the goblins being the darkness, and then the darkness com- uh, demanding uh, they find innocence, and then they immediately cut to the princess Lily, yeah. and she's wandering around, going to the, the forest and, and talking to the little farmers or the bakers. Yeah. Yes. So many good transitions like that. So much, uh, like you said, the characters were so good. I really liked, I think I really liked the progression of the green man in particular. What was his name again? Oh, my God. Jack. Yeah, I think I really liked the progression of uh, Jack, the green man in particular. I thought that he he stayed constant in his love towards Lily, but he also grew as a character and of knowledge of himself. Totally. I agree. Yes, he had a great journey. How do you like Lily's uh, journey? I liked Lily's journey until the very ending. But I loved that she was like a female character who made her own choices and for the most part did not need saving. That's what I liked about her. I, I felt that she had yeah. autonomy and she was just like in control of her fate. I really I really enjoyed that. Until at the very ending when it turned into Snow White and I was like, okay, fuck you guys. We don't need a prince to kiss this Sleeping Beauty awake or whatever. Well, right at the very end, like he finds, he, he dives into the water, gets the ring, and then he kisses her, right? Yeah, and she wakes up. I'm like, okay, stop. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, but you're right. Before that, it's like she's tempted by evil, but she doesn't succumb. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, she's a good, strong character. And you're right. Like, as soon as she's willing to follow goblins who have just killed a unicorn, that's, right? that's really courageous. Yeah. For sure. She's not just like, where's Jack? He's going to save me from all of this. Yeah. And has like the strength to not like break down, which this was came out in like 1986 uh, or 85, 1985. And it was written in 1984 just to have a character that like a female character that wasn't like, oh, my God, save me. And just screaming in the face of danger all the time is is fantastic. You know, I think this is to the credit of uh, the geek community of the time, I think. Uh, I've read a lot of fancy novels, again, I, I guess I'll say that a few times today. And <laughs> <laughs> in those novels, there was a surplus. So, like, there, there's a lot. There, there's 
a lot of strong female characters in those novels, like warriors or or just women who don't uh, need saving or who who have their own growth and and desires clearly mapped out. Uh, I think part of, part of that's uh, because they were a lot of fantasy novels were written by women, but also I guess maybe maybe geek fantasy. They, they they were into stronger women as well sometimes. I'm sure there's a lot of novels. I know some. I can think of some off the top of my head where they just horribly written women. Uh, but, yeah, for the most part, I would say that there's a lot of strong women in fantasy. I've been reading the wrong stuff all this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably, probably. I mean, like, would you consider Twilight fantasy? Because I did read all of those books, and there was nigh a strong woman in that series. <laughs> what is that? I think that's that has a specific genre. Oh, it's something fiction. You know, I don't remember off the top mm. of my head, but it's 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 a specific specific brand of fiction where it's like fantastical elements set in the modern world. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and so that has its own genre uh, separate from fantasy. Good. I'm glad it doesn't yeah. taint the genre. <laughs> it does not. <laughs> pure, pure. Yeah. <laughs> Get your dragon lances and your forgotten realms. <laughs> so now that I know that that women like this are typical to fantasy, um, it makes so much more sense that the connection I made between this story and another movie, The Labyrinth, I found that there were so many things that were very similar. And the female mm-hmm. character in that is also very autonomous and does not need savings. So, yeah. No. I mean, there is no man in that story right i mean the man is is the evil character the goblin king yeah uh, and then like the rest of the characters are all they're puppets but they're also not people in any way there's not like a man puppet there's like a dog who rides another dog that's the best <laughs> is it, i think yeah. it is it a dog i thought it was a fox but it's Maybe probably it a dog that rides yeah. another dog yeah yeah and then there's like this other like big beast thing and then i think there's like a goblin or something there is, yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought it was fun the way, how loose they were with what makes up a certain creature. Like, you could be a fairy, you could be a leprechaun, and you could turn into a goblin, and you could turn back. It was very fast and loose. And I guess that that's kind of, I think, maybe true to some fantasy, which was fun. I was wondering about that. I... I, I... Was in, I'm interested to know if we're going to see changes in those characters on screen or if it's just a title. Because, yeah, mm. like, Blunder was or is a goblin, but he's also twin brothers with Screwball, who's yeah. a fairy pixie elf. Oh. Yes. <laughs> like, at different yeah. times in the story. And then, yeah. yeah, like you said, Blix was a leprechaun and then he became a goblin. I thought when they, when they said that, that he was going to turn back into a leprechaun. That that was a right. Set. Oh, interesting. I think I think leprechauns aren't supposed to be necessarily evil. They're just supposed yeah. to be tricksters. Yeah. And then everyone turns into goblins. Yeah. Did you like how much poetry they had in it too? As in the rhyming dialogue? Yeah, exactly. They would break not break into song, but they would do a lot of rhyming dialogue. Exactly. Yeah. Both the goblins and Lily. I think those in particular, and then like elves and stuff. Yeah, I really did like it. I just, at the beginning, it set up where there, there were the three goblins or four goblins and only one of them was speaking in rhyme. And I 
Mm. I was like, oh, this is differentiating the characters. He speaks in a rhyme. This other one stutters every time he speaks. And I thought that that was just unique to him. And then halfway through through the script, that character, Blix, just stops rhyming. And I was like, oh, right. why? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe things aren't working out for him as much. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think that, uh, I mean, just still lingering on the script in particular, do you think that the writer did anything unconventional in the script? Or do you think it was pretty standard i mean you did describe it as like the hero's journey so that yeah. sounds pretty standard yeah. yeah i mean i think that the only standard things like you mentioned are the unstandard things rather are are the ending it's it's mm. like as it is on the script it is a little bit ambiguous we both agree that darkness is still alive but also jack and lily like you would think in a the end of a normal story like the guy gets the girl, you know, like the hero mm. gets the woman. But in this, it kind of seems as if Jack is saying like, yes, I'm always going to be here because I'm nature and nature is eternal, mm-hmm. but not in the husband and wife way that you would expect. I actually kind of like that. I, yeah. I, yeah. Because this is like a young love. They're 16, I believe. And mm-hmm. she's going out. It's like a young love. And it's like, it has that young love kind of feel. And you can see that that's something that would, be great for the time, but then maybe wouldn't last forever. And especially when he is immortal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not something that would necessarily work out. Okay. What about actually the plot points? Is there anything in the plot points that you thought was either like a little funny or, or, or didn't work? I didn't feel that way, but are you asking that there's, because you have one in particular? There's one in particular. Okay. It yeah. was you know, it works for the story, and I don't necessarily disagree with it, but it seems like, okay, there's two unicorns left in the world, mm-hmm. and it seems like killing one just pretty much destroys the world. Like, everything goes to shit. Or, and if you kill the other one, then everything is just completely gone. Like, darkness rules everything. I would just think that maybe those unicorns would be more protected, would be, I don't okay. know... <laughs> like shoved off somewhere. <laughs> they they are, they are free animals. They're and free creatures, not just animals, but they are sentient free creatures with their own power and everything. But it didn't take very much to take them down. Like they they had a blow dart. They shot the <laughs> they shot the <laughs> unicorn and it collapsed and they cut off its 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 horn. I guess <laughs> and that was I, it. I think that that works for this story because. It is the hero's journey. And much like a Spider-Man story or a Superman story, it's like before those heroes become their superhero selves, there is lots of danger in the world and not everyone is protected. But then when they like don their capes, finally things people are protected. And so in this story, until Jack like dons his cape, the unicorns are, you know, at risk. So that made sense to sure. me. Yeah. I was like, it's because Jack hasn't come into his own yet, and that's why he doesn't—he doesn't know his power yet. He's the protector. Yeah, he did not die. Yeah. Right. That's, that's a pretty uh, great power, I'd say. You know, I, I went through the first half of this script thinking that they had cut off the unicorn's head, but I think they had just cut off its horn. Yeah. And I kept calling it an alicorn. Yeah. And so I was a little—I was like, "What's going on? Why, why are they running around with a unicorn head?" I like that a unicorn has an alicorn. Yeah, 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 I don't, yeah exactly. I don't know why. <laughs> the first time I read it, I'm like, 
They, why, why are they uh, messing up the the writing of unicorn all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah, to be fair, there were a lot of spelling errors in the script. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So what are you most looking forward to in this one? I, in general, I'm very excited just to see what everything looks like. Because in my head, it is very much like the labyrinth in that everything is puppets or people in costumes. Like Hoggle was the goblin that you were talking about in Labyrinth, like mm. a person in. Did you look that up while we were talking? No, it just came to me. I oh. remember. I love that movie. Nice, it's so good. So in general, I just like excited to see what everything looks like and how like darkness goes between like being shadows and flames and then actually like embodied as a person-ish thing. And but specifically, I you know every scene with like the fairies and then also the Meg Muggleborns scene. I liked that scene. Meg scene? Muggle Bones, she's like in the water and oh, they right. try to she cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so good. I yeah. really enjoyed that scene. Yeah, I, it really shows that kind of trope in some fantasy and some fiction, especially like the Odyssey, where you have the hero who has to use their wit instead of their brawn to overcome their obstacles. Yes. Exactly. Fish. And I think that's maybe the first time you see that happen, too. In this it's story, just, for sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The rest of the time, he doesn't really have to fight a lot. No. I like his plan to defeat the darkness in the end is reflective mirrors. Works great. He's not going to necessarily fight the darkness. I mean, he tries to in the end, but yeah, because that plan doesn't work. But it's a good plan. It is a good plan. Like you're saying, reflective mirrors and what that has for like the theme of the story, I think is pretty cool because... You know, Jack doesn't know who he is yet, and that gets reflected by darkness. Good point. Yep. They all kind of discover themselves a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I really liked, uh, this is kind of one of my last points, I really liked the fairies and how they really reminded me of like a Midsummer's Night's Dream kind of fairy creatures. A little mischievous uh, with the magic and willing to like sing and dance and, and play around as they as they torture and maybe kill you. Yeah, they were a lot of fun, but also like there to help you. Exactly. Yeah, I think for me, mostly I'm looking forward to, I guess, like the entire thing. I don't think there's yeah. one scene in particular that I'm looking forward to. I think I'm excited to see what the goblins are. I'm worried that some of the magic that's on the page is going to be hard to translate onto the screen because just the limits of filming, but maybe... The fact that it's it's set in the 80s and they're used to trying to scrap things together with special effects that are more real, uh, that it, it'll come to life a lot better than maybe a modern digital film would. Right. I am also a little worried, but also because I think if it was executed like as well as the script was, then this movie would be much more popular. Right. It isn't... You have to, the cult classic. It's not like Dark Crystal. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, they're not making a Netflix special about legend. No. <laughs> I'm, sorry, and we did bring this up last time. We said it was the Tom Cruise legend. He is in this movie, right? Tom Cruise, yeah, he plays Jack. He plays Jack. Okay, so I was wondering who he plays. He plays Jack. So yeah, it's not going to be good. Great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. He's very young <laughs> at the time. I didn't recognize, like, I've taken a look at all the actors. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't recognize Lily in anything. Like, she's not someone I, that I know off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. And then 
I know who plays Darkness. I, I know you don't like to necessarily... No, look. I don't want to know. Yeah, and I the director, I mean, you might be surprised by who the director is, too. I feel like it's got to be, like, Ron Howard or something. Nope. Okay. Oh, I, I guess I'm saying that because he... Didn't he direct Willow? Did he direct Willow? Yeah, I think he... No, yeah, did yeah. he have production? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. He might have, yeah. And then George Lucas was, like, producing it and wrote yeah. some of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You're right. But not not legend. There's somebody. Uh, he's he's a famous director, and I think you'll be really surprised when you hear when you learn who it is. Cool. Yeah. So that's uh, some surprises for next time. Nice. Yeah. I guess with that, we should end this this part. Get onto uh, our mid episode break and come back for the filming part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm improvising. <laughs> See you next time. (laughs) Coming at you with another question. All right, John, what franchise do you think has a better sequel than the original? What franchise do I think has a better sequel than the original? You know, I'm going to go, I'm not going to do a good job of this, but (laughs) because I'm going to say one of the Star Trek movies. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fair. I know well, this, that's fair, uh, though. That, yeah, this is probably not the answer people are expecting, but uh, I, I watched a lot of the Star Trek movies, not all of them, uh, and I'm talking about like the original like series. My favorite Star Trek movie would be, I believe it's number seven. Uh, oh, it is called First Contact, uh, mm. and it it's, has the Next Generation crew. And it is just a fantastic film where the Borg come to Earth. They do like it starts with a uh, an attack by the Borg on Earth, and the Borg are just like such a great enemy in this series. And then they, when they defeat the Borg initially, like the Borg are like wiping out the Starfleet uh, armada. Then the the Enterprise comes and they defeat the Borg. But the Borg at the very end, they send some Borg into the past and try to rewrite history. And you get to see where where the Federation came from. And it's just such a well-written film and you get some great character moments from like Patrick Stewart, LeVar Burton, everyone like it's, and uh, Jonathan Frakes, uh, Marina Sirtis, like everyone's uh, amazing in this. Uh, and it was just the best version of them except for like the actual TV series. Uh, so that's my answer. Go watch mm-hmm. First Contact. What about you, Beck? What, what's, what do you think had a better uh, sequel in a franchise? Oh man, I have two answers to this and both of them are controversial as fuck. I'm going to go with Gremlins 2. I think Gremlins 2 is just better than the original. And nobody out there is going to agree with me. I get that. Not but agree I, with you, like, you don't think people will agree? Or you do think, think people agree? I think everyone who's sane should agree. Right? It's just yeah. so much fun. It's so much fun. And scary and creepy at parts, too. Like with the spider fucking gremlin. That guy's terrifying. But I just just think, I just think it's, yeah, I think it's so great. And I think at the ending, when the one gremlin starts singing, like, the Frank Sinatra, New York, New York, I just Mm. think that's such a fantastic ending to the film. Like, I I just really enjoy that film. And the first one was definitely more scary. The second one is more camp. And I just like that direction with it, based off of, like, these cuddly, like, stuffed animal-type creatures how do you not go super campy with that? And yeah. So I just I just love that. I do think that it's it's about time that they bring back Gremlins in, in some form. They had a short that were, was released on on YouTube and oh. it's amazing. 
it's it's really good. Like I'm not gonna say it's like the best thing ever, but it's it's a very good direction for the next film to go in or for the story to go in. And so I, I hope would they love a return because you can just yeah. keep you can just it can be Gizmo again. Is Gizmo in the one hundred percent? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Well, in in sorry, in this version, Gizmo's in, in this short. Gizmo wasn't there. It's oh. about like uh, a future, like not a like future future, but like right now, where gremlins are like a known thing and Mogwai are a known thing now, and they're being sold by corporations. Uh, and they've actually been like genetically modified, so the rules don't apply to them anymore. But you know, when people try to do that, just like Jurassic Park, uh, life finds a way, and they start turning into gremlins again. And so it like all happens in the, this like diner, very short thing, but it's, it's great. That's so cool. I'm definitely going to check that out. Yeah, and I'm glad, do I'm, it glad today. I'm, not al- I'm glad I'm not alone in it. <laughs> no, no, it, it may, maybe it's a, a, a Grenier family defect. <laughs> like the sequel, <laughs> the original. But I don't think so. I think everyone does. Or okay. the, hopefully. <laughs> All right. Well, what was your other one? My other one is oh, so ridiculous. It's Weekend at Bernie's 2. I think Weekend at Bernie's 2 is just better than Weekend at Bernie's. I think it's so funny. Again, it's just like such a good time. The dancing is ridiculous. Yeah. I think it's. I think it's so much fun. And I remember like arguing with somebody it might have even been you about how in how i met okay so in how i met your mother there's a reference to how weekend at bernie's is better than weekend at bernie's too and forever i thought they were saying the opposite and i was like thank you everyone agrees with me and i fought with somebody when they said i was wrong and then we pulled up the episode and yeah i was fully wrong and i felt like my world (laughs) had shattered because i realized in that moment that i was actually alone like in this weekend of Bernie's two being a fantastic film, much better. Weekend Bernie's two is fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It is we fun. Yeah. Does he get an arrow through the head at one he point? Does, and he just keeps going. Yeah. He's got the yeah. arrow, but he's got his like little headphone Walkman thing going, and he's good to go. Yeah, and they, they he also like because there's music playing at a party. He he starts walking, and people do a conga line behind yeah. him. <laughs> It's so ridiculous. Oh, he's a rewatch. His facial expressions are just so funny. Yeah, I'd like to know who that actor is. I mean, that would be a fun script to read, too. Sure. All right, back to the episode. Okay, guys, welcome back. We have finished watching Legend, the Tom Cruise film, the Tim Curry film, the other actors film, Mia Sarah and other people that I actually want to bring up, and a director that is uh, strange. We will talk about all of this and more on this episode of The Script is Better with Beck and John. Beck. Yes. How did you like Legend? I liked it in the way of not liking it at all. This movie sucked. Oh, faked out. Oh, dis. Oh, no. Okay. I'm just going to get out of the way that I also did not like this movie, especially compared to the script. But let's break it down, Beck. We've got a lot of different things that we can talk about. How about we start just with the acting? Because I think we've got a lot of big names and we can rattle these off and wonder why they did this project. Yeah, right. Like, okay, you already said it. Tim Curry, he was great as the devil. Why the devil was in this movie, I don't know. But... It's the darkness, Beck. I don't know what you're talking about, the devil. 
<laughs> yeah, the darkness. But he's fully <laughs> just like a red hoof devil. Like he's he's the devil as we have all seen him in everything else. Except sure. this one has like neon green glowing eyes and glowing fingers also oh, at, at one point. But yeah, like he was great, but I think that I don't know if this is gonna throw some shade at people who are often taking on prosthetics and that sort of thing. I know that this is very hard work. I just think that in this case, anyone could have been darkness. Like, I don't know if Tim Curry brought something to this role that anyone else in that costume couldn't have done. You know, I, I get where you're coming where you're coming from. I just hadn't thought about that. It really could have been anyone else in that role and Tim Curry just did the voiceover. That's true because there was so, like, the body didn't even make sense. Like, the muscle, everything. Like, his neck was so much wider. There was a lot of prosthetics in that. Yeah, yeah no doubt hours to get into that makeup. Oh that would have been horrible. Did you like his his voice, at least? Yeah, sure. Okay. okay. But I didn't, I, if you had said, who's that actor, based off of this voice, I wouldn't have been able to tell you. You know, they did something to it, right? Like, it didn't sound, like, yeah. you could tell it was Tim Curry if you had thought about it, but... It didn't necessarily tell, uh, sound like him. Yeah. Okay, can we get on to the elephant in the room? <laughs> Is that Tom Cruise? I think it has to be, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was in a movie. I don't know if he was in Legend, but he was definitely, there was definitely somebody on screen that was in their own movie. Yeah. When I saw him come in, like his just first appearance, and he's like kind of like looking around all like wild, I was thinking like, why is Tarzan in here? Why <laughs> Why is Peter Pan a lost boy in here? Like, I didn't understand. It, was this an acting choice or was this direction? I, yeah. or, why did he go in this direction? It, it didn't make any sense. But also so like clean. Like, yeah. he's, like, a pretty boy with, like, beautiful hair who lives in the forest, has no dirt on him, has no, like, I've been living in the forest for a very long time, except for the fact that he likes to crouch a lot. Okay. Mm -hmm. And and that he's, like, wearing clothes that are green. I mean, that's a little <laughs> on the nose, but okay, thank you. Um, yeah, yeah other than man. that, other than that, he's just, like, the boy next door. Yeah. Yeah, I also felt, I, I know this was one of his early roles, and there are movies that I, like, Tom Cruise in a, and I have no complaints about his acting but this film like it just felt so fake I just couldn't believe it anytime you delivered a line yeah and there was a crying scene which felt like so false that my skin was like uncomfortable on my body I was like please make this end like make him <laughs> when stop did he crying. cry oh my gosh I don't even remember I think it was okay. it was near the beginning <laughs> possibly when Lily gets taken away or something Right. I just remember the crying being like, no. <laughs> oh, how did you like Mia Sara as Lily? Yeah, she was great. I, I would say that mm -hmm. she was probably the best, like apart from the people who did great jobs, like the goblins and Meg Mugglebones mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. They were all amazing as well. But yeah, in terms of the people who like, you know, this is a person and you recognize this person. I think she was for sure the best. Yes, I agree. I, I thought she had a playfulness in her innocence I, I believe just everything that she did, right? And I, yeah. I liked what she did. So yeah, I think at least there's some positive light in this yeah. film somewhere. I wanted to highlight one actor, the actor who played Blunder. You only get to see his face a uh, towards the end of the film. Do you remember Blunder? Yes. Yeah, so he was one of the goblins, but he doesn't look at all like a goblin once he takes off his helmet. 
He's just uh, a regular shorter person. And that actor is actually, his name is, I'm going to hopefully pronounce this right, Kieran Shaw. And he is Guinness Book of World Records. He is the world's shortest stuntman. Oh. Yeah. And he was the stand-in for Frodo in the Lord of the Rings movies. Oh, cool. That's cool. So for like eyelines and stuff, they probably also used him. Be like, yeah. this is how short Elijah Wood is supposed to be. So this is where you're going. Exactly. I'm pretty sure that if you had like a, a distance shot where like he was beside, people were beside Gandalf. Like say Gandalf and Frodo were walking along. You don't get to see Frodo's face like from the yeah. back. I think they would, he would be the one walking. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like a nice little Easter egg. One of his earlier roles. He's done a lot of films too. Amazing. Yeah. Do you have any other actors you want to highlight or do you want to highlight the goblins uh, acting then? I want to highlight Meg Mugglebones. Yes. Come on. Okay, first of all, (laughs) just like terrifying. She's terrifying and so gross and way scarier than darkness. Like that creature that came out of the water. I was just like, no, I would not want to be anywhere near that thing. That's terrifying. That is what Lily would look like like 100 years later if she succumbed to the darkness. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you get twisted and become like a snarling creature like that. Yeah, and but also like half snake kind of because she's like this serpenty like water half human thing that comes out of the water. If I had to like choose a creature, my off the top of my head, I would say troll, but I can't be sure. Yeah, for sure. But then mm-hmm. also she was played by Robert Picardo, who's the doctor from Voyager. For sure. Fantastic. That's That's a nice... Another nice uh, Easter egg, eh? Yeah. I, just, just like the darkness, you could never tell who was under that makeup, but amazing. No. no. Yeah, it was awesome. And I like that in this movie quite a few times, there were more like male roles played by women and wi- female roles played by men. So that was cool. What was some other uh, male roles played by women? Blix, who is oh, supposed yes. to be the the goblin that rhymes all the time. Rhymed a bit. <laughs> yeah. He rhymed like two times maybe, but in the script he rhymes all the time. So in the movie, he was played by a woman. And that very same woman, Alice Platon, dubbed over Gump's lines because Gump is played by David Bennett, who's a 19-year-old uh, gentleman from Germany. And Ridley Scott felt that his voice sounded too German. I mean... Fair, considering it's it's probably an American production, but unfair in that like most of these folk tales are like Eastern European and, and like Germanic in roots. Yeah. Uh, so having a, a German voice would probably be an okay thing. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, I, I did like uh, Blix in general, though. I was disappointed that after the darkness showed up and like really like you got to see who the darkness was in physical form, Blix doesn't appear again. Like he's just gone. Oh, yeah, true. I think his last role, his last, like, appearance is when he hands over the alicorn reluctantly to the darkness. Right. And then he's just gone. Disappointing. Uh, The other characters I wanted to talk about was just the cooks. Like, when I was mm -hmm. reading it and picturing the cooks, I thought that they were going to be giants, at least in proportion to the fairies. And they were just, like, two dudes. And in the scripts, they're blind. But in the film, they didn't really seem to mention that they were blind and they were just wearing like masks yeah how are you gonna really mention that unless somebody states oh they're blind well how did we figure it out in the script i'm pretty sure somebody was like they're blind blind. (laughs) maybe it might have just been that that was in description though yeah potentially but you would think you can see when somebody comes on screen and they're blind 
Yeah, that's fair. You know. They, they were good. Yeah, I mean, I didn't mind them. That's kind of how I pictured them myself, at okay. least. I w- yeah, and then the fairy Una. Yeah, Una. She's pretty much Una. That's that's pretty much what I expected. Yeah, me too. Hmm. What about the special effects then? Did you? How'd you like the special effects? <laughs> were there special effects? Everything seemed like practical effects to me, except for when the devil like walks through the mirror, and and I wrote in my notes when I saw that scene, I was like, oh, that was cool-ish. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm th- thinking like the prosthetics and everything as special yeah. effects. And I thought like some of the goblins looked. I, I liked how Blix looked. Yeah. Uh, I did like how each of the goblins was unique. Mm-hmm. in their features and i i wasn't a fan of it seemed like for the elves it was a mix of like some of these are prosthetics some of these are real people and like when you first see them i think there's like children just around yeah it seemed a strange mix when they're all just supposed to be elves right yeah and then yeah i guess mag muggleborn again just highlight of that oh okay the other thing that Okay, it wasn't a change, but it was something I was disappointed in terms of special effects was the dancing with the black clothing. What even was that? (laughs) In my mind, when I was reading the script, I just assumed, like, they're going to use wires, it's going to make sense that the clothing is dancing, and then she's going to dance around the clothing. In the film, they just had somebody in the clothing wearing, like, a black mask and black gloves so that she kind of blended in with the darkness yeah as she was dancing around and it just seemed strange it was a strange choice to me yeah like i don't think it the way that you had thought it was going to happen would have been too hard to do i think it might have looked a bit better yeah it's a strange idea in itself like somebody's dancing with clothing it's just when you put the person into the actual clothing it just takes something away from it yeah Okay, so just, I guess, uh, one more thing just to linger on the, the film. Like, how did you like the the filming in general or the and the music, I guess, as well? We can talk about the music, which, in my opinion, was horrible. Uh, <laughs> and just every time I was like, why? Like, I hate uh, every, every sound you're making in this film. I hate it. Yes, I d- also did not like the music. I don't know if we necessarily watched the same one because there's two scores for this film. Oh, one that like Ridley Scott has in his director's cut, and then one that's in the theatrical release, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, interesting. I watched the director's cut. Was the darkness's eyes glowing green at the beginning? I don't remember. Okay. I don't remember. The way you can specifically tell if you're watching the director's or the theatrical cut is the ending. They actually have three different endings for this film. <laughs> <laughs> So okay, I hope the ending is better than the one that I saw because I fucking hated the ending. Okay, in the ending for this one, uh, you get like the the Cinderella moment, and then they kind of agree to just be friends. Where Lily like, can I come visit you again tomorrow? And Jack's like, yes. And then Jack walks off, and the unicorns and all the elves wave to him as he's walking off into like the sunset. And then the theatrical release. They confess their love for each other, and it's like they're going to go on to, you know, just be happily ever after kind of thing. And they, I think they either ride off on unicorns together or they run off together. That's the one I saw. Okay, so you watch the theatrical and I watch the directors. Yeah. <laughs> so we got different music, and we both hated the music that we saw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you like the ending that I just described to you uh, from the director's yeah. cut more? 
because okay. that's that's closer to the script. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Although like, I, I didn't want to, I wanted to finish talking about the actual film in, yeah. on its own before talking about changes. Mm-hmm. But we can talk about how maybe the reason this is it was different is because they'd have no mention about Jack's godhood. In yeah, the film. you're not yeah. telling us that he's immortal. Then why aren't they together? Exactly. It's it, it feels like in the film it's just like, oh, I guess uh, we went through this adventure, but you know, let's just be friends. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Cool. I guess that's realistic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you don't just fall in love just because somebody... Uh, I mean, you guys went on an adventure together, right? Exactly. So, yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to say about the film then? Or do you want to get into changes? I mean, just also that there was, like, glitter on everything and everyone. <laughs> it was crazy. The whole movie was just glitter. And to the point where I think the actors probably all still have some on them today. Mia Sarah is walking around, her face pasted with glitter. Absolutely. There was so much. Like, snow was glittery, tears were glittery, faces were glittery, like, the unicorns were... Everything was glittery. I was like, why? Stop. <laughs> okay, okay. So what are some changes you noticed in the film? Like, the whole thing. So, um, I mean, at the beginning, Lily has a premonition that the snow is coming. And I was like, excuse me? Are you, like, clairvoyant somehow? Why did you just see that? Do you have mystical powers now, too? Like, I just didn't understand that. And then She's like, a god. Right? Oh like, I was god. like, why? Okay. And then Jack and Lily kiss at the beginning, too. Right. Which I thought was, like, super gnarly and really awkward. Like, mm-hmm. you have this boy, he lives in the forest. You go into the forest and you just make out and then you go back home. Like, it's, it was just, it just made me feel. She's 17 back. <laughs> real, real awkward. And I liked in the script that, like, there was that moment where she was, she had her eyes closed, she was blindfolded, he's bringing her to the unicorn, and she can sense that he might be about to kiss her, and then he doesn't do it. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that was cute. This mm-hmm. was just like, I'm gonna fuck my boyfriend in the forest, I'll be back later. Yeah. <laughs> like, why? Well, they didn't, they didn't fuck. They, they made out, no. and they confessed they love. And... Yeah. Yeah. Gnarly. So those are two out of, like, 20. Let's bounce back and forth so I don't okay. beat up all of them myself. So just the very beginning, just the fact that I started with the darkness, basically explaining himself. I don't yeah. think the script I really is just like, I'm the darkness. Uh, I've been around forever. Uh, I need to destroy innocence so that I can roam the earth. Yeah. I, you, you, I mean, have we heard about show, show, don't tell? Right. It didn't, it didn't make sense. And also he says in that beginning part, he talks to Mother Night and he mm. talks about how he doesn't have a mate and he's like really sad about it. He's like crying totally over the fact that he doesn't have he doesn't have a mate. And in the script, it's not until after he gets the second unicorn that he's talking to his father in the fire. And mm. his father is like, Well, this victory is nothing if you don't have a mate. And then at that point he's like, Ooh, I should get a mate. Right. He's like just the way he acts, he's the, the original incel. <laughs> In the movie, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I can't get this woman to love me. Fuck women. Yeah. <laughs> Sit. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't understand that, why he needed her to sit so bad. That's in the script and in the, in the movie. But I was like, is, is, like, if she sits, does that mean that you have power over her? Is that, like, the only thing? Like, you give her yes. one command, she does it, and then that's it? She's yours? Yeah. I also didn't understand the father thing. 
Uh, he came across as very childish, like uh, crying to dad anytime he can't figure something out. Crying to dad. I wanted also dad to have like, I don't know, he's talking to this fire and all you see on screen is like a fireplace. Yeah. There's nothing else. And you just hear this voiceover. And it's like, well, you could have put like, I don't know, eyes or like some sort of weird shadow in the fire that flickers but no it's just like i'm i'm watching it's christmas time and i'm watching like the fire go on the tv mm-hmm. yeah weird okay what other chains do you have i mean we have the scrolling marquee at the beginning like a, like so fucking long did yours have that i'm not sure i remember that maybe i missed oh it oh my god it was, <laughs> it was like longer than a star wars marquee of like this is the story this is the world this is what's gonna happen here's the movie like, they told you everything. So another show don't tell that was, like, super heavy-handed. One of the lines, like, was, Together they will learn that there can be no good without evil, no love without really? hate, no heaven without hell, no light without darkness. So they just, like, that was just the movie. Yeah. Like, this is the movie, guys. Yeah. Want to watch it now? Yeah. Okay. And then the last line of, it, line of it is, Out of the struggle to maintain this balance comes the birth of legends. So no one they're going to go on happens. this journey. They're going to succeed and they're going to be legends afterwards. Mm, such a yeah. weird film. Okay. Well, another thing that I noticed again from darkness, at one point he's just talking to Lily, I think he's talking to somebody and people are listening and Jack's at the door. Yeah. So, so darkness is talking to Lily and he literally just reveals his weakness. He's like, if, if I'm hit by light, I die. And Jack's at the door. Like, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, I guess we're going to hit you with light then, which I, I guess like I'm glad they found out a way that they knew how to what to do, because I think in the script, he just has the plan and it works. Right. But in the in the film, the darkness actually reveals it. Great. But it was so weird. It was just a weird, I mean, che- another cheesy moment. I don't think we needed it because anyone watching, if the darkness is trying to make the world like is trying to get rid of the sun and yeah. needs the last unicorn's horn to do so then probably this guy can only be in darkness so just yeah. like a vampire we're gonna assume that that light hits him and he's gonna die you know it's like yeah we get it you don't need to have him explicitly say it or gump who like one of his first lines like i know everything could have <laughs> revealed it true okay mm-hmm. that, that that's another change i have what else do you have the meg Mugabone scene i it was one of the things that i was really looking forward to I had my problems with it in the script version, which I I didn't like that there was this female character who was like strong and evil. And then her demise was due to her vanity. It was like, Mm -hmm. oh, you flatter a woman and then you can conquer her. I didn't love that. Mm -hmm. But we did both appreciate that Jack defeats her by using his wits. And he doesn't in the movie. He just like fucking stabs her. Yeah. I mean, she's already entranced by the shield on her own. I think in the film... I think in the in the script he he kind of gets her to that point. Yeah, and he's like, "You're beautiful, you're blah blah blah," and she's like, "Excuse me, what? yeah, yeah, yeah." He really he he flirts with everyone, eh? <laughs> that um, that's what he brought to the role. It's like you know yeah. what, Jack's a flirt. Jack's a flirt and Tarzan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there was no cat transformation, which I can appreciate. You can appreciate? I fucking hated that. You you wanted the cat transformation? I mean, I didn't understand why, like, okay, if this is what darkness is, if darkness is the devil, why are you right. 
turning this girl into like a humanoid cat. Like I oh. didn't understand that, but like I did oh. understand her going through a transformation that was more than just giving her a black widow's peak and a fucking what unibrow. What are you talking about, Beck? As soon as you start wearing all black, you're evil. You know that. <laughs> it's like, it's like we're just gonna make her goth. There you yeah, go. exactly, exactly. Black lipstick. They went all the way back. <laughs> you know she's a bad guy now. She had to come back, and it was just last moment she she was able to come back for her. I, I do agree. Yeah, at least the cat transformation showed that that there were consequences to her even flirting with the idea of accepting these gifts that the darkness was giving her. Yeah. And so yeah, I guess maybe they didn't want to show that like maybe it was just too much they thought but or they were like you know this is like one of the last parts that we're filming maybe we've checked the dailies this mm. girl is like holding the movie on her acting like she is literally mm. saving us we can't put prosthetics on her we need her whole face in the shot okay nice. we, just, we just need to see her emotions yeah everyone's like thank goodness tom cruise will never act again no one will have to worry about this problem <laughs> <laughs> okay what else do you have there was a scene that I didn't understand, like, why it was there. It, it was a pretty long scene, too. And it's just, like, Una is following Lily to the dining hall. So she's just, like, tiptoeing behind her in her full, like, pixie form, just mm-hmm. following Lily to the dining room. And then Lily goes into the dining room. She peeks in, and then she leaves. And I want to say it's, like, a minute long. So that chewed up a lot of the movie and the movie didn't have a lot of story in it. So they could have like scrapped that scene and put the story back in. But like, I just didn't understand what we were getting from it. She doesn't take any of the info from it and tell anybody. She just like watches her. You could argue that she then helped lead Jack and Gump to the door because you see her with the other two later, like coming back to the door. So there is that possibility in the script. It was a little different. Like, Una wasn't there. It was Jack, I think, spotted her, but she was too far away. And I think the other other elves spotted her at one point, too. Mm-hmm. So it was similar, I think, but different. And, like, if you are a pixie who can be, like, a little tiny bug-sized light that can go undetected by anybody, why are you tiptoeing behind this girl in your full form? Like, if you really don't want to be seen... Right. Just fucking fly and follow her. And you can go into the room and darkness is not going to see you. Well, maybe when she's small, she gives off that light. Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm spitballing here. Like, I don't know. I, I, I'm not trying to justify it. I'm just... yeah. Okay. So the last change that I have, because we already talked about Jack's immortality, is just like the whole ending was kind of different. There was, they, they ended it with like a big fight between Jack and the darkness. And then at the end, he, he hits him with the light rather than, the light kind of starts the fight in the in the script, and then they go running off. Mm-hmm. And and plus, instead of fleeing, the darkness is kind of banished into space, the void. I'm not sure he's banished by by the light. So okay, like they're underground, and we know this because mm-hmm. you see this light bounce off like a billion plates and go like from this dark underground to the earth, and you follow its path. And it goes down for a very long time. And then somehow he like blows through these doors and falls into the sky. Yeah. I was like, what? And then he turns into a shooting star. Maybe. <laughs> it didn't make sense. Also, though, he gets stabbed. I think it's with the alicorn by, by Jack, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So in the 
script version, it's the unicorn comes and stabs him and then like flicks him into the abyss, like reels backwards with his head and then throws this speared devil into the abyss. And he turns into like like, a black cloak instead of stars. Yeah. I mean, a star is an upgrade from a cloak, right? Fair. Do you have any other changes? A few little ones. One thing I really didn't like was that Lily in the movie goes from saying she will never do anything for darkness to cackling and saying she'll kill the unicorn within seconds. It happens. It's like in the same sentence. And there's no motivation for that change from like, I won't do anything for you to ha ha ha. Let's kill this unicorn. Like nothing changes. But in the script, there's like, it's like over the course of two pages and three scenes, I think it, it happens. And the shift comes when darkness tells her that he loves her. And she's like intrigued that this person is, or this evil is capable of love. And because of that, she like warms to the idea of being with him. Obviously we find out falsely because she actually uses that against him to mm-hmm. earn his trust and then go release the unicorn. But like it had so much more of like a nice arc and it showed her wits and it had motivation. And here it was just like, oh, suddenly I have the plan. Yeah, I'm not going to yeah. do anything with you. Now I know what I'm going to do. You're bested. I was like, mm-hmm. come on. So we, we touched on this, on the fact that darkness never tells Jack in the movie that Jack is actually immortal, but he mm-hmm. does say in the movie that they're brothers and I'm like, what right. does that even mean? What does that mean, your brothers? Why would yeah, you say that? Yeah, and we can rule together. It didn't make sense to me. And I was like, why would you change it from brothers to you're an immortal? Like, it raises more questions instead of, like, fixing anything for me. And I was like, that's mm-hmm. stupid. Yeah, yeah, so that's the only other one I had huge problems with. Perfect. Okay. I, well, I think we, we kind of wrapped up. Uh, we got a lot of different changes in there. And we kind of decided the film's not that good. And there's something even holding back from the beginning. Uh, this entire thing was directed by Ridley Scott. <laughs> it's just, you just got to wonder, like, where did this come from? Why did he do this? Like, why, why, like not, not the script. Like, the script was great. It was, it was a fantastic script. Why did he do the changes he did in, in the film? Why did he direct it the way he did? What like, were the choices? Why? <laughs> it's like a perfect example of how to ruin a script. Like it's it's hands down the worst script to screen adaptation I've ever seen. Definitely mm-hmm. on this podcast and and absolutely from scripts I, and movies I've seen before that. Like it's the worst. And I yeah. feel bad for everyone who has seen the movie and loved it because I'm like you don't even know how good the story is that this is based off of. Like you don't even know. <laughs> Read the fucking script. It's so yeah. good. I completely agree. I completely agree. Okay, well, that kind of dovetails us into a nice, uh, into our classic ending, Beck. Which one did you like better, the film or the script? I loved the script better. I mean, no surprise. The only thing I really liked in the movie was the fact that in the credits, there was a unicorn trainer instead of an animal wrangler, which I really appreciate. <laughs> that script. is funny. It's yeah. So good. You, you gotta you? wear the horn like this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely like the script better as well. It was a, a fantastic script. The film was just weird and disappointing. Uh, Lily, you did a great job. Special effects people, you did a great job. Ridley also Scott. Makeup, you were great. Yeah. Character actors, great. Ridley Scott, go Tom home. Cruise, yeah. <laughs> go home. And it, and if there is a, like, a director out there that does fantasy 
today that specializes in fantasy, even Peter Jackson, like, just get your hands on the script and just reboot it. Don't change anything from the script. Literally just film the script and it will be a great movie. There you go. Yeah. So back, we're done with Legend and we're kind of done with our first season, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which means, what does that mean? That means for season two, we're going to change things up a bit. I, th- I think we're going to fulfill some of the promises that we made when we started out this thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in our right? <laughs> introduction. <laughs> so if you want to know what we're doing in season two, go back to our introduction and you'll learn. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> yeah, like guests, right? Like guests. Yes, uh, guests and then doing movie first and then script. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like our, the first... 25 episodes that's a good number it's been it's been fun doing just like the the script to film and keeping it the same format for now as we got used to it but i think we're, we're ready to grow and branch out a little bit right exactly fantastic so yeah we'll learn more about that in the coming weeks as you i mean you'll just find out that there's a guest on and then you'll find out <laughs> other things are happening it'll just be random so random <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Beck. So what are we reading next time? So next time we're going to do a script. I hope so. gonna, <laughs> uh, and, and a movie that we've already seen. And it's my favorite movie. So we're going to do Mr. Holland's Opus. We're gonna <laughs> watch that movie first, talk about the movie, and then we're going to read the script. We're going to watch the movie first and then... The, okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. Fantastic. Mr. Holland's Opus. Oh, my God. Uh, I think we're going to have to talk about the music a lot. Yes. <laughs> So good. And Richard Dreyfuss performance. So good. Fantastic. Well, I look forward to seeing Mr. Holland's Opus. Later, Beck. Bye.